Welcome to the Jack Mountain Butchcraft Podcast, episode 45. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. It is August 25th, Saturday morning. We're up early, sucking down coffee like it's the only elixir of life that we're allowed. And we're sitting in the library here at the field school. I am joined by Christopher. And I want to introduce Allison Figueroa. Allison is with us for this fall semester. And... She'll give her own introduction here in just a second. She is a junior at Boston University taking a semester off. She's a biology uh, major with a concentration in conservation and ecology. So how are we this morning, Allison? Fantastic, fantastic. How are you? <laughs> Doing good now that uh, now that my, my coffee mug and thermos are full. <laughs> how are you doing today? Oh, my coffee cup floweth over. Ah, so life is good. Yep. So we just wrapped up week one of the fall wilderness bushcraft semester. Um, super busy all week. Uh, we did a lot with fire making, a lot with axe use and axe safety. We did a lot with food and campfire cooking. We obviously did a lot with uh, toilets and shelter and plants and and just a whole bunch. The first week is always super, super busy. Um, you know, there's always the uh, the settling in period and I think we're just about past that but so this is your first week here Allison how are you settling in fantastic um it's uh you know a little bit of an adjustment coming straight from the city of Boston um but as far as you know getting into the axe work and the knife work and really just embracing the life out here it's pretty great nice um so how are you know obviously I'm always curious because I wrote our website myself right there's no like professional writers or anything involved so I'm always curious <laughs> to ask people uh, um, sort of is the experience of being here sort of what you thought it would be like or is it vastly different like uh, you know it's well you know I thought it was going to be this and now it turned out to be something different and I'm not putting a value on that I'm just saying like is it kind of what you expected based on what you saw yeah, I mean, it pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head, but um, as far as, you know, going up to the Moose Vegas campus, that was a welcome change to uh, have a chance to do some clearing and, you know, prepare the land a little bit more versus, you know, being down here where things are sort of already established. It was a, that was a welcome change, nice. and a, sort of an unexpected little bit of turn, but one that ultimately was pretty great. 
So you're saying you were comfortable with being unpaid labor for a week. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting out of that. <laughs> so for the listening audience out there in podcast land, we are developing a second teaching area this year. We had a another well, 120-foot well drilled in Moose Vegas. We've got a hand pump up there. It's been the student, the place where students live uh, for, I don't know, nine years. But this year we're transitioning it to also where they eat, where they store all their stuff. So instead of having students live in Moose Vegas and come down to like the pavilion and stuff in the morning, we go up there. So we, we do most of the teaching up there. And so far it's been great. You know, people don't have to, to worry about what they're going to have with them during the day or anything because we're right near... Uh, adjacent to where everybody has all their stuff, where their their houses are, their tents, their shelters, things like that. So, so far, so good. Um, You know, this year we are clearing the land a bit. Next year, we're going to break ground on a 52,000 square foot casino and ballroom um, in fabulous Moose Vegas. So we're excited about that. Well, it's it's Jack Vegas. Jack Vegas. We're going to break ground on the Jack (laughs) Vegas casino. I've got a line on a couple of slot machines, and we're just gonna. So do tell the do tell the where does Jack Vegas uh, come from? Well, do I want to incriminate myself that way? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Um, so so what can that's, they do? Like, uh, that's the Mounties like, are gonna come across the border and arrest you. That sounds like the most exciting thing that would ever happen. Um. So on the Bonaventure trip, uh, a few months ago, we were at a campsite, and there was it wasn't a campsite. It wasn't a camp. We made a campsite, and at this little uh, sort of. Uh, primitive campsite we had built there was somebody's old shack that was it was literally four feet yeah, by four I'm, feet i not re- i'm still not really sure what it was for smaller than an outhouse yeah the um, only thing i could think it would be would actually be like a uh like uh, a blind for yeah hunting. that's what i was thinking too but <laughs> um but on the side of it was this sign that just said jack vegas and we had no really idea what it was we just thought it was funny that with jack mountain and moose vegas that it was something that we we needed it in our lives, um, and I can already attest to the fact that it's made our lives better. But so I took it off of the side of the outhouse and carried it with me. Um, Tim drove it across, across the border, acted as my getaway driver, and now we have a lovely new sign for um, our second teaching area. And then Googling that, found out that it's a, uh, from my understanding, a sort of low-rate casino in Quebec. So Also the name of a male uh, adult performer, I read. When I Google it, <laughs> I mean, you know, how many? There's oh, be a it's lot like of nine Vegas in the morning, Tim. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't want like the people out in podcast land to Google it, thinking they're going to find a casino. And That's you get, okay. You get point. Jack Vegas's filmography. You're, you Googled that for their protection, right? Okay, and my own curiosity. <laughs> of uh, course, just, like you know, if it's hanging up here, I want to know what we're promoting. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, so I'll have to go up and get a photo of that because that'll be the photo for the podcast, right? Yep. For the web. Anyway. Yeah, so Jack Vegas, Moose Vegas. Uh, awesome. Um. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. Anywho. So what can you... Um, I'm curious, Allison, like... Uh, how do you see your time here, uh, you know, studying bushcraft, studying uh, hands-on ecology and things? How do you see that as fitting into your long-term goals, uh, you know, kind of dovetailing with a biology degree? Well, you know, it's hard to call yourself uh, a biologist if you're not going out every day and really experiencing the things that you're trying to study. Because at some point, books just 
don't cut it. Um, it's sort of like if you were trying to be a marine biologist and you never actually went to the ocean, you just poured some water in a bucket and stared at it. Doesn't really uh, do a lot of good. So as far as my degree goes in ecology and conservation, this is just hits the nail right on the head. As far as that goes, um, you know, learning the plants and just reading the land and, you know, if I'm going to be out doing field work, this is the perfect preparation for it. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was an undergrad, I did field work. I was an anthropology major and we went and did a semester. I lived with a family doing participant observation in Barbados. And I really wish that I had had some sort of a there was nothing leading up to that, right? I mean, we weren't living in the forest or anything like that, but, be, you know, we had sort of a lecture on what to expect, and I think it would have been probably a lot better had I had a, you know, just even a weekend of, like, here's here's how you're going to do all the things you're going to do. Um, so, so yeah, that, that kind of uh, resonates with me, definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, the only thing that resonated with me was putting water in a bucket and staring at it because that's what happened last week when I ate those mushrooms you told me not to. <laughs> Spent a good four hours or so just staring into a bucket. Yeah, and I actually got... Does that make me a biologist? No, but I got an <laughs> online degree um, in marine biology and that was that was the only like field exercise was like fill this bucket and stare at it. <laughs> Put a bunch of goldfish from the pet store in there? Uh, not even. I got the goldfish, the little snack crackers oh, of course and put you did. those in there. Of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Cool. So it's been hot this past week and we're still waiting on fall to arrive. But the good news is that we're still swimming. Um, you know, it's still everything's nice and warm uh, around here. We haven't jumped into canoeing or canoes yet, but that's going to come soon. But um, fall semester, end of August start date, we always really front load the course with plant knowledge. So we, we will be out on the landscape identifying uh, plants in the field. And then we come back and we study no more than one a day, which we cleverly call the plant of the day. Um, so, But we've been out this week and I think we pressed uh, 20 specimens so far. And we always try to start with the ones that are super useful right now. So, for example, we pressed wild apples. We pressed a couple types of of wild cherries so all this fruit is just super ripe right now and uh we've been out actively kind of chasing it and harvesting and pressing um so yeah fall semester always front loaded with plants uh because in like another month they'll all be gone for the year we'll still have evergreen trees out and maybe a few leaves but by the end of september around here most of the herbaceous plants have gone to sleep for the winter the downside to starting, you know, when it's still kind of late summer is there's still a few bugs out. You know, it's nothing like June around here. No. Um, but, yeah, there's still a few bugs, and, and they can be torturous at times. You get a little bit of hot, humid, still weather, and, man, they're, they're still hungry. So, uh, plans for week two. We're going to jump into canoes next week. Um, I'm going to find a bigger bucket to look into. <laughs> a bucket, like a clear plastic bucket? A, so you a have to look huge down. one. Uh, what else are we doing next week? Uh, so we'll jump right into canoeing. We kind of touched on shelter stuff yesterday, and we'll kind of get more in-depth with that. Students are building shelters and hopefully getting ready to spend the four nights that we require um, in them. In shelter number one. Yeah. How was the shelter building for you yesterday? Fantastic. Um... 
yeah, it took me a little bit of time to find the right materials. It's a little labor intensive, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's good, satisfying work, you know, working with your hands like that, especially after two years of staring at books and buckets. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and there's something there's uh, to me, there's something different. And, and again, I'm not saying it's better or worse, but different about uh, the satisfaction working with your hands where you get a finished product at the end of it as opposed to, say, studying where or like writing computer code or building a website where at the end of the process, maybe it's not something tangible. And I think that's something in this day and age that's a, that's a wicked challenge is that people don't get to work on a project from start to finish. We work on parts of things. And I think that you lose a lot of that sense of satisfaction of like, hey, you know, like when you're done with your shelter, whether it's awesome or whether it's horrifically bad, it's I built that. I did that, you know, and, and no one can take that from you. It's not, you know, it's a different experience than, say, if you work online, you know, a, a big piece of software code and you worked online 90 to 1100 and, and the total thing is like 50,000 lines. So you had a part or a piece of something. But I do think that there's something to that where I did it myself, you know, with, with these two hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, uh, something that's super cool and, and should be, especially when you're sleeping in your little shelter, right? You get to lay there and, and uh, you know, I did that. So it's, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty neat experience. Yeah, that's sort of the, the cool thing. Like, so the first week is sort of getting everybody up to how stuff works around here, getting them to where they can feed themselves and take care of themselves. And But now we're into the stage where people start doing stuff on their own. And that's, I think that's the whole point of the course, right? Like it doesn't, it would be great if they were up here for nine weeks and we just told goofy jokes and showed them how to do stuff. But that's not really why people come up here. So yesterday was sort of the first day where... We started getting it. Start it's like like you said, Allison. It's, it's hard. Like it starts to become physically intensive, and um, the training wheels are off now, and we're ready to start going. Yeah, I think the semester experience is sort of like a like an avalanche, right? It starts with a tiny little snowball rolling real slowly, but as it picks up inertia and picks up speed, it takes on a a life of itself. <laughs> And, you know, like everything, you start slow and you get the basics down. And then once the basics are in, you start uh, really driving it. And that's, you know, that's, I think, where we're at. At the end of week one, we're ready to really dive in. Um, Cool thing. Everybody on this course is super motivated to achieve our in-house journeyman guide certification. So we're going to jump in with the documentation on that with two feet starting on Monday um, we've mentioned this thing in the past, but it's a standards-based uh, certification, and the idea is that we set a standard, and the students have to achieve that standard in order to get the certification. And we 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 go about that through um, uh, documenting the experience. So it's documentation, it's testing, where we do a lot of practical examinations, and then just other paperwork. And things. So, for example, trip planning, where they'll fill out forms uh, in order to do trip planning safely. So, essentially, it's what we believe people need to be able to do and accomplish in order to safely lead themselves and others in a remote situation. So, we're pretty excited that we have got this this 100% uh, buy-in from everybody on this course. So, it should be really interesting and fun as we as we 
get into that more. Yeah, absolutely. All these skills sort of on their own. Um, you know, like if I went and practiced all this stuff on my own back in suburbia or something and felt like I had a good in, handle in on it. Ocean City. Ocean City with the, uh, the, the, oh, the Maryland Wolves. Um, Tim is making fun of my accent. I'm making fun of yeah. Chris's Maryland accent. Yeah. It's, 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 it's how I, I know I've woken up that day is what if I Tim do. starts. Anyway, um, but if I went and did these things all in my backyard in somewhere else, you know, maybe I'm really good at all of them individually, but allowing students the chance to learn these things and do them in context and actually living this way, that's where the real learning happens. And I think that's sort of the valuable thing about people completing the journeyman during the semester is because it, it kind of forces you to see how they all fit together um, just by living it every day. And I don't know, maybe it's too early to ask you about that, Allison, but not time-wise, but week-wise. Well, it's still pretty early. It's time-wise. Yeah. It, I'm still on Maryland time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. I get that a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool that you guys are all sort of on board with it. And I, I came into the tail end of you and Tim talking about everybody sort of getting together to... Uh, to kind of help each other achieve that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Mm -hmm. I can definitely say that it, uh, it helps your focus to be part of a group that's just as focused as you are. You know, we have a lot of late nights in the library, um, a lot of just talks by the fire about, you know, how to achieve what we want to achieve. And when you have a group like ours that uh, is really starting to become cohesive, um, everybody has their different strengths and weaknesses and, and we sort of band together and help each other. And that's, I think that's part of what this is all about. You know, nobody achieves anything alone. Yeah, it's a community of learners, right? And that's, mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome. Like when things kind of fall into place and, you know, the first few days, everybody, that, that old uh, storming, norming, or storming, forming, norming, performing, adjourning, those stages of group development. Once you get beyond that, uh, that forming stage where everybody's on their best behavior and people start to get real, you know, then we start getting to where we're performing and everybody's working together and trying to get the job done. And that's, you know, when the things like that are happening and, and you out there in podcast land, everybody's probably been part of a team or an organization or, or something where you realize, you know, when things start to really flow, when the pieces fall into place, like that's a pretty magical experience, I think. Um, I'm still stuck. Late nights on the in the library sounds like an awesome '50s radio show, and that's all I can think about right now. Huh. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, yeah. Wouldn't it be like at the sock hop or something? I don't know. You kids with your sock hops, and your late nights in the library. <laughs> You're older than I am. I am. Yeah. I was middle aged in the '50s, the 1850s. We're going off the rails a little bit, Tim, here. Right. I accept that that's my fault, but I'm going to bring us back in now. All right. Reel it in. Yep. Reeling it in. Good thing I'm from Maryland and I've used a fishing pole before. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Anyway. So, coming together as a group is pretty sweet. Looking forward to week two. Pretty excited about it. Definitely wanted to welcome Allison to the podcast into the podcast fold here you'll probably be hearing from her once a week we're hoping she'll join us and give her kind of her insights as she goes through the program um, because I know folks out there have heard 
plenty of uh, <laughs> mine and Christopher's song and dance over the last number of episodes, so it'll be neat to get some, some new blood and some fresh insight into what goes on around here. But I think... Uh, no, well, before we wrap up, though, I think it'd be great to hear from you sort of what, you know, we kind of talked about what your goals were business-wise, but is there any specific stuff you want to work on while you're here? Maybe it's friction fire, maybe it's, I don't know, underwater basket weaving... Which everybody jokes about, but I hear that, uh, oh, what did you major in basket weaving or something? And I'm like, whenever I hear somebody say that annoying thing, I'm like, all right, smart guy, let's go weave a basket exactly. together. Yeah. And then they always get frustrated and angry because it's, it's not easy. Especially when you tie them upside down and put them underwater. Yeah. Like, like uh, Houdini? Yeah, he could make a basket underwater, I bet. Maybe. We should dead. find him. He's dead, though. No. Yeah. Bob Houdini. Bob. Bob. Larry's cousin? <laughs> Moves uh, off the Pinkham Road, I'm sure. No, but you, you hear that a lot. People will kind of poo-poo handwork as if it's somehow less valuable. Like, oh, what did you major in basket weaving? And, you know, I know some people who are like full-time weavers and basket makers, and they're very talented individuals. And I'd like to, like, a really fun day for me would be to take somebody who makes one of those snide basket-making comments, and then we'll go out with somebody who's a super talented basket maker, and in the... Uh, the snide remarker would just kind of get their ass handed to them um, in a, probably a nice, finely woven basket. And I think that would be... That's a lovely presentation. That's a lovely mental image. You like that? Yeah. But so anyway, back to the actual question here. Um, yeah, is there anything in particular you'd like to focus on that maybe if you give it to them now, maybe we can continue to update people throughout the course about how that's going? Mm -hmm. It's funny that you mentioned baskets because uh, the first day I rolled up in here, I saw your uh, pack basket, Christopher, <laughs> and uh, I was mad jealous to say the least. And I started thinking, man, I want one of those. That'd be really cool to learn how to weave those. It's, nice. it's even funnier that you say that because I am waxing a canvas pack today because I'm so tired of carrying around my pack basket. <laughs> so that's pretty, uh, they are awesome. It's just, sort of hard to be tied to them. They're always a little bit, as Tim is really fond of saying, they're always a little bit wider than the two trees you need to walk between. Always. Yep, and um, you can't, it's hard to crawl under yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like with food, we all desire a little bit of variety in the way that we cart stuff around on our back. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. pack so basket a for a couple of years, uh, pack for a few years, a llama. I definitely need a llama. That would be good. It'd be great. Yeah. I want one of those... Uh, was it a passenger pigeon that would carry little notes around? Yeah, yeah. But I would like uh, breed it, breed it so it would be giant, like a, a giant passenger pigeon. Yeah, so it could carry. Like, you know a they're backpack. extinct, right? Huh? You know they're extinct, right? Really? They've been extinct since like World War Two. Well, dinosaurs were extinct too, I, and then I saw that documentary called Jurassic Park where the guy like made them again, and they're they're on some island in the Pacific. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. So why can't he do that, but with a giant passenger pigeon? I don't know what part of that question to correct first. <laughs> anyway. But no, so besides the basket stuff, because we'll definitely get into that, is there sort of anything else? Like stuff that, I don't know, maybe physical skills. Like maybe you really want to get good at canoeing. Maybe, I don't know. If not, just tell me to shut up and I will. <laughs> no, the, uh, the axe work definitely... Um... I've noticed, especially building my shelter and having to, you know, fell some trees to get some fir boughs and to get, you know, the right length of um, bed logs there. Uh, it's definitely the most useful skill, I think, as far as um, things are going right now. 
And uh, when I started, when we were doing those first exercises, I was really like, how am I going to get good at this? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, tough going for a while, but, you know, the more I do it, the more I improve. And that's also really, really satisfying. So so when we started, you had never swung an axe before? Never. I had hatchets as a kid, but uh wasn't really the same at all. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So one week in, um, you know, a, a very physically capable young woman here now is uh you can see the respect she has for the axe and what an amazing tool it is and how much work it'll accomplish for you in the forest so that's super neat to hear yeah and by week nine she'll be able to cut a black fly in half as it flies by her face yep do we Bl not teach that anymore blindfolded blindfolded <laughs> with her hands tied behind her back axe in her mouth right um, Am I kicking a dead horse here? Is I that what's happening? I think so. Okay, I think I'll stop. I think it's down. Uh, anyway, well, I think that kind of wraps up our our uh, episode 45. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here, Allison and Christopher. Um, if you like this podcast, you find something useful in it, please tell a friend and or leave us a review wherever you listen to this. So, again, thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll hit you back next week. Thank you.